Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. In a dead heat, in a 2024 general election matchup, in the survey, 46% say they would vote for Biden, while 46% say they would vote for Trump. 8% say they are undecided. So in this conversation, mixing this in, really shows you where the country's at, Joe. Well, and it's Gene, I mean, just look, look, well, just look at the numbers, Gene. You've got you've got 46 percent of Americans supporting a guy who's been indicted four times, indicted for stealing nuclear secrets and indicted for stealing war plans, called a rapist by a, a New York judge saying that what he did was 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 akin to rape. Uh, you, you've, you've got a guy that's that's being charged uh for his uh, illegal payoffs to porn stars. I mean, we could go down the list. The problem with Joe Scarborough is that he doesn't allow honesty to take place. And for a show that used to be this really intellectual show, How the Mighty Have Fallen, Trump broke Scarborough, and it's important that Joe Scarborough knows that he's a fool. The story here is not about Trump. It's about how wholly unpopular and unlikable Joe Biden is. Everybody's getting it twisted. Everybody's like, see, this proves that Donald Trump can beat Joe Biden. No, this proves that Joe Biden is the weakest. Joe Biden is the least respected. Joe Biden is the least admired. Joe Biden is the oldest, most decrepit, most completely out of touch president Americans have seen. So much so that a guy with all of the things Joe Scarborough just mentioned, even though he lied about half of them, that guy can still tie. That's remarkable. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833 got Tony. 833-468-8669. That's the number. Be a part of the show. 833 got Tony. Uh back from, of course, uh Labor Day. And and I, I think we should go over some of the data, just see where some of the numbers are. Pay attention to these things. Of course, we're well into the season. Uh, there's going to be continued jockeying for position, continued opportunities uh gained and squandered. Trump has the lead, and he has it well. The Wall Street Journal poll that just came out, Trump 59, DeSantis 13, Haley at 8, Ramaswamy at 5, Pence at 2. Now, the reason that this poll matters is that it shows that Nikki Haley, post-debate, has gotten the bump. Ron DeSantis, who clearly won the debate by not being attacked, not so much. And Ramaswamy, who got the biggest initial hit from the debate, falling off. That's what it shows. This is a poll from August 24th to August 30th from the Wall Street Journal. This was 1,500 registered voters, 600 Republican primary voters. I believe has a margin of error of 2.5. And you're like, wait, 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 wait. Only 600 primary voters? Why am I paying attention to this? Well, I can ask that about everything. I'm looking at totality of numbers here. 
I'm looking at where the, the, the actual growth has come from over, over time, over the numbers. And Nikki Haley shows a gradual growth, and Ramaswamy showed one big hit and then a falling off. Because, of course, Ramaswamy has taken more hits. Also, more things have been learned about Vivek, and you're like, wait a second. Hmm, I don't know. What did he say? Uh, when he's president, Trump's going to be a, make a great advisor? I was like, uh, I was like, that's a, that's a something. That's a something right there. Do not deny Trump's popularity. Do not deny that Trump is still in the 50s. He's in the 50s in the national polling. In Iowa, he's in the 40s, but the latest poll was still the one from mid-September, the NBC News Des Moines Register poll that has its issues. Trump at 42, DeSantis at 19. How about the latest from uh, New Hampshire, Trafalgar? Trump 50, DeSantis 11. In July, in July, a month prior, in New Hampshire, a month prior, it was Trump 37, DeSantis 23. Okay. Trump has absolutely grown his share. We're going to pretend this isn't happening? But this poll about the data, this poll about the matchup, is being misunderstood. You can argue with me that 46% of people, when given the fictional, would go for Trump and 46% of people would go for Biden. And I believe this plays horrifically for Joe Biden. Just like we have seen time and time and time again This campaign of Joe Biden's is predicated on the idea that you think things are going great, but you don't think things are going great. It's predicated on the idea that Biden is youthful and energetic and has it under control. And what do you think? You think that this is Obama's third term and you wonder who's running this thing from behind the curtain. The number of Americans, white and black and Asian and Hispanic and Christian and Jewish and Muslim and gay and straight and others, who have said to their friend, regardless of of the scenario, who do you think is really running the White House? That's real. That is real. This This isn't deniable. Nobody thinks Joe Biden's in charge. Nobody thinks Joe Biden is capable. And it would make perfect sense to me, perfect sense to me, that people would say, uh, Trump, in a poll, it makes perfect sense to me. It doesn't make perfect sense to me when it comes to an election. Let's go back to Joe Scarborough. Well, Joe Biden's a sitting president. I will say two quick things, then we got a break. Uh, one is um, Joe Biden's always underestimated. Mm-hmm. He's always going to lose. Yeah, He's so always the guy, you know, after Iowa and New Hampshire, he was dead in the water. Democrats said it then. 
Uh, they they said it uh, before the election. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they said it after he got elected time and again. He's too old. He's too he's outdated. He can't get anything done. And then he passes more bipartisan legislation than anybody in 20, 25 years. Uh, they say the same thing, you know, uh, before the 2022 election. He's too old. His party's going to get crushed. There's going to be a red wave. There's not a red wave. That's one thing. The second thing is you've got the abortion issue. It's going to be a huge issue in 24 again. It's been nonstop since that right was taken away from women. Uh, and so, again, there there are, again. That and are you better off than you were four years ago? That's the question yeah. you want to go back to. First, you're not better off than you were four years ago. Mika Brzezinski doesn't know what she's talking about. The abortion conversation is very, very real, but a right wasn't taken away. The Supreme Court made a mistake 50 years ago, and that mistake was corrected. If Joe Scarborough had any mind whatsoever, that's what he would say, but he doesn't. But abortion's going to be a front and center topic. And abortion transcends Trump or or, uh, Biden. That's a legitimate point. Which is why when I take a look at the 4646, it talks about how weak Biden is and not how strong Trump is. Because I am not convinced, no matter whether you love me or hate me or angry with me about this conversation, I'm giving you the honest dissertation, the honest reflection of the data. It doesn't say to me that Trump wins a, a, a general. It's not what it says. I think it's a mistake that people take it that way. The, Dem- the the Republican Party needs to be discussing literally on the hour how old Joe Biden is, how decrepit uh, and, and, and incapable Joe Biden is, and how bad this economy is, because it is. I know it is, and you know it is, and so we're clear. The Biden administration knows it is because they keep putting people out there to talk about how great it is. I, I will get to that in, 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 a, in, in a moment in some more detail, but this was um, from the uh, whatever the panel is, the council is, the economic advisors. Uh, Joe Kernan of CNBC asking Bernstein the question here. If you ask them individually about certain things, they're more optimistic, but only one third consistently of Americans think, buy into your contention that Bidenomics is working. So you got to come okay, on. Well, you might Maybe you need to come on every day because it's not working, <laughs> your message. Well, uh, I, uh, I certainly don't have the uh, luxury of doing that, but let me Uh, talk a little bit about Bidenomics and people's sentiment about it. I think the polls that you're reflecting are oftentimes very much 30 or 40,000 feet up. I'm not discounting them, by the way. I know they're real. But I want to tell you a little bit about some poll results that ask about the specific components of Bidenomics, okay? 82% support capping insulin costs for seniors at $35 a month. 81% support giving Medicare the power to negotiate for lower prescription drugs, which they love it right until they realize nobody makes the drugs anymore because this government has taken away the ability of you, me and we to make a profit. 82% want to cap insulin at 35 bucks. 94% want to cap it at $7 and 40 cents. What the hell are you talking about? The price of gas is the price of gas. And it's more expensive now than it was when Biden took office. Eggs are more expensive. Milk is more expensive. Bread is more expensive. Housing is more expensive. What are you talking about? Let me get to the specifics of Bidenomics and completely change the subject. Bitch, please. We see you.
That's the point. Americans see this and they're like, nope. Nope, 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 nope. Uh Uh-uh. And people confuse that in this 4646 poll at the Wall Street Journal with Trump being able to win a general. If Trump is the nominee, I'm voting for Trump. And if DeSantis is the nominee, I'm voting for DeSantis. And if Chris Christie is the nominee, something is broken in the system. You see? You see, even I have my, even I have my moments. I have concerns. I can live without Trump. I think things can be done without him. But if he's the nominee, he's the nominee. Oh, you mean all the problems? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people coming at him in a lot of different ways. A lot of indictments that are nonsense. You'll notice uh, that uh, Joe Scarborough there, who isn't honest, ah, paying off a porn star, not a felony. Nobody thinks it's a felony. Only Alvin Bragg, the DA in New York, thinks that it is a felony. Everybody else knows it's nonsense. The Georgia indictment based on racketeering, you know that that's a bunch of hooey. Even if you don't like what Trump did. Racketeering? Where's the ongoing conspiracy? I'm sorry, it's quoting the lawyers. Just a little too much for you, Joe. It's an, it's an unserious argument you're making. You're making an argument out of pain, out of anger, out of hatred, out of disgust, and that's not an argument. That's just you being an emotional sot incapable of controlling yourself. It's not a data point. With all of that, Trump is still 46, tied with Biden. That is not about Trump. It's about how bad Biden is. But yes, Biden did Uh, Better than expected in 2022. Yes, Biden won in 2020. Yes, Biden's gotten legislation passed, and no one in America is better off for it. Literally no one. Oh, wait. Progressive ideologues in D.C. are totally better off for it. Uh, Some billionaires like Tom Steyer are probably better off for it. The American people? You know, people who actually have to work for a living to put food on the table? Not so much. But you don't care about that, Joe. You just want to say passing legislation, bipartisan legislation, the most in 25 years. All that tells us is that we got a lot of weak-ass Republicans who need to be removed from office so they actually know how to fight. Don't get the polling twisted. Don't get the numbers twisted. This is about how bad Joe Biden is. And this is a poll This isn't the election. This doesn't show Trump up by 20. By the way, has anybody tried to figure out how many points you're going to need to win by to ensure you can overcome the cheating? I mean, if you believe that the cheating's happening, have you done the math? I believe that there are a vast majority of candidates who can beat Biden. I'm not so sure Trump is one of them. But this polling isn't about how strong Trump is. It's about how weak Biden is. I'm Tony Katz. I'm not 
sure if there's a musician that didn't pass away this weekend. I mean, it was kind of it was kind of nuts. First, of course, Jimmy Buffett, Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, uh, not a parrothead, not a parrothead, but. Uh, don't deny that that people love the music and love the shows and love the everything. Was it skin cancer? Is that what I read? And he was battling cancer and didn't tell anybody. L- live your life, man. The way the way you see fit, do it the way you want to do it. Okay, so so I, I, I'm I'm right about that. I mean, it's just uh. Just a, a, a horrible, horrible story. I mean, you don't want that for anybody. And and he was he was seventy six. I mean, in today's world, we consider that. I think I think we consider that young. I, I would at least. And then Gary Wright passed away, and you know Gary Wright. Take away my worries of today and leave tomorrow. was 80 it was parkinson's and louis body dementia and that's just not a fun time uh dreamweaver the work he did with 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 george harrison um i mean it, it's 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 a career he, he did work uh, with paul mccartney and, and wings um long long career and then another band i didn't listen to and mainly because if I ever have to hear All Star again, I'll go out of my mind. Um, you, you've got uh, Smash Mouth and their lead singer. That's Steve Harwell, gone at the age of 56. Which was was liver disease, liver failure. You're like, you don't hear that every day. So yeah, just a a rough, a rough weekend all the way around for music. So, so, it's a little something for everybody, I guess. Now this song, I, I this song works. I just think it's got a good groove. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I say it now. I can't. All stars, all stars in earwig. Oh, it certainly is. So, and then yeah, I, I, the the guitarist from uh, Dire Straits I mentioned that last week uh, passed away. Uh, J- uh, J- uh, Sony, John Sony, I believe. It. And and for those of a certain generation, um, it it, it only gets worse from here. That's it. That's all there is. It only gets worse from here. The heroes will will eventually go. This is Tony Katz today.
larger question is, he's going to be convicted of something, right? I've said it all the time. Federal uh, defendants get convicted like 97% of the time. State, in, in the Georgia case, he's on tape for one of the charges. So he's going to get convicted. The larger question is, why is he even allowed to run? And, on, you know, and I've said it over and over again. Now, She's a peach. Asuncion... She she thinks we're not smart enough to call her Asuncion and we have to call her Sunny because, you know, somehow you're stupid. I, I don't know. She's the one who said it. Why is Trump even allowed to run is exactly what you would expect to hear from an elitist authoritarian who believes that only they have the right to say and do things. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. And she's playing precog. Right? This is Minority Report. Oh, well, here's what's going to happen to Trump, even though it hasn't happened yet. And since I can see into the future, that means Trump shouldn't be able to do X, Y, and Z. Dear Lord, if I could have seen into the future, I never would have allowed Bill Clinton to buy those cigars. If I could see into the future, because this happens, that will happen, therefore... This is this is the great mind of the view. Holy hell. But it's a great example of how absolutely hateful uh, they, they, they are. How absolutely horrifically bigoted. And, and without shame, may I add. It is without shame that you see Dr. Fauci talking about covid and talking about masks. And and I actually brought this up over uh, the weekend on uh, on Twitter X. What, what are we calling it? Can I get a ruling? Do we still call it Twitter or do we call it X? Because I'd like to just keep calling it Twitter, please. It would make me much, much happier if we could just keep calling it Twitter. But I, I, I had made mention of something that took place that actually got written up in, in, in radio trades uh, for one of the radio trades for, for my commentary. And it was, it was the back and forth between Michael Smirkanish and Dr. Anthony Fauci on CNN about masks. Now, as we know, rational people know, masking has no benefit when it comes to COVID. This is Dr. Makari on Fox News. Well, first of all, the study that the interviewer is asking Dr. Fauci about is something called the Cochrane Review. It's a summary, comprehensive analysis of 150 studies on masks. It found that masks had no impact on community transmission. Now, it doesn't mean if you put two people into a room and they have very tight-fitting N95 masks for a brief 20-minute interaction, that you're not going to reduce the risk of transmission, it's believed it does. But on a community level, when we tell the population, when we tell kids in schools, including toddlers, to wear masks, it had absolutely no impact on transmission. So Dr. Fauci did not refute the study. He didn't try to poke holes in it. He changed the subject. He- that is exactly what happened. I'm going to share that with you in case you didn't hear it. By the way, Dr. Macari is Dr. Marty Macari of Johns Hopkins University. 
This is a new take. I had never heard this take before from Fauci or anybody else regarding masks. And the idea of community versus the individual. Smirkanish, if you don't know Michael Smirkanish, is a radio host out of Philadelphia who I, I think was on his way to syndication and kind of gave that up so he can go to satellite and then have this show on, on CNN. I think he saw himself as a middle-of-the-road kind of guy. I'm not usually a fan of middle-of-the-road kind of guys, which is really weird because I have had many a person say to me, what I like about you, Tony, is that you, 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 you play it down the middle. I'm like, what the... What the hell? I do, I do I do what now? I play it down the middle. Remain calm. All is well. I don't know how many more ways I can clearly state that I'm a conservative. I'm not a centrist. I'm not a moderate. I've done the study. I think there's a way for the nation to be better, and it is based in a conservative principle. O-M-G. Are you kidding me right now? But because I'm not screaming and yelling all the time, because I'm not name-calling all the time, people are like, it's a down-the-middle approach. And, and me, that's, that's why I drink all the bourbon. That's, that, that, that is it. There's no other reason in the world except these people telling me that I'm somehow down the middle. Mm, beer. Yeah, well, when the bourbon's not there, beer will always do. Smirkanish, down the middle guy, I guess. That's what you could call him. Um, but in this exchange with with uh, Fauci, which everybody's been talking about all over the weekend, it's about, oh my God, look at how Fauci doesn't answer this. Look how Fauci doesn't understand the data. No, no, no. The story here is that CNN allowed an honest conversation to take place, and the guy who led the honest conversation, Michael Smirkanish, did so with data. And he wasn't attacking, he was respectful, but he was direct. Let's get to the first part of it. Sorry, let me try that again. Let's get to the first part of it. I would hope that if in fact we get to the point where the volume of cases is such and organizations like the CDC recommend, CDC doesn't mandate anything, I mean recommends that people wear masks I would hope that they abide by the recommendation and take into account the risk to themselves and to their families. And again, we're not talking about forcing anybody to do anything. That, of course, that was Anthony Fauci, and that's not true. If the CDC recommends, and therefore the government puts pressure on this organization and this corporation and this donor, etc., well, then now it's force. And of course, the CDC recommendations was the cover for everybody doing everything. Well, it's the CDC recommends. We watched governors give up their power that they were elected to engage by the people to unelected doctors. Is there any question? I live in in Indiana. Is there any question that the governor of Indiana, Eric Holcomb, gave up power to the head doctor, Dr. Christina Box? There's no doubt. And Holcomb is not alone in this. He, he, he did it wrong as far as I, I say it, and I, have, I say it directly. I, I would say it directly uh, to him, but, uh, but the days of us talking are over. He, he, he has made that quite clear, and... Um, and uh, that it's, it's shame on him. If, if you ever want the story, 
Maybe one day I'll do it. Maybe we uh, we we met up, and uh, I, I wasn't expecting him, and there he was, and it it was not fun. It was not it was not uh, fun. Uh, I'll I'll just say it wasn't fun. I'll just leave it there. Doctors running the country. What I have learned: doctors cannot run the country. Doctors aren't capable of running the country. It was Fauci who said, tell me about your rights later. We have to stop this pandemic. My rights are not somehow non-existent in a pandemic. This is why I oppose lockdowns. You cannot shut down society to save society. And what did the pseudo-intellectual political left of my town, Indianapolis, and other places say? Tony Katz is going to get people killed. They actually wrote that. I should have sued for defamation. I should have. What scumbags. Shame on me. You know, shame on me now that I think about it. But of course, that wasn't the case. Of course, the lockdowns were the bigger problem in business, in life, in schools, etc. Masks don't stop COVID. This brings us to Michael Smirkanish asking a very specific question. Totally understood. There is a perception out there by many, how many, I don't know, that they don't work and that the data concludes that they didn't work in the first go round. Respond to that on masks. Yeah, well, that's not so. I mean, when you're talking about at the population level, that the data are less strong than knowing that if you look on a situation as an individual protecting themselves or protecting them from spreading it, there's no doubt that masks work. Different studies give different percentages of advantage of wearing it But there's no doubt that the weight of the studies, and there have been many studies, indicate the benefit of wearing masks. It's the first time I think many of us have heard this idea of the community versus the individual, the population versus the individual. You mean on an individual level, a mask can be helpful, but on a population level, masks don't work. Well, we've always said... You and I, you and I, sitting on the bar stool, have always said, if somebody wants to wear a mask, go right ahead. Just don't force me to wear one. That has been the exact conversation you and I have had, you've had with friends, you've had with your spouse, you've had with your kids, you've had at the office. If you want to wear a mask, go right ahead. Just don't force me to wear one. That's been the whole freaking conversation for three years. And he still wants to tell you that the studies show that masks work? No, they don't show that they work. I always reference the University of Waterloo study that shows if you have a three millimeter gap in a mask, the efficacy goes down to 3%. And that's also true in terms of less efficacy, even if you have an N95 mask, which we're now finding out are poisonous, but you knew that from the headaches the N95 gave you. And God help you if you put one of those on your kids. I don't know. I, I don't know how to exactly look at you. But we knew that the masks didn't work because nobody wore these masks in a well-fitted way. They all had gaps. They all moved and maneuvered. It was game over. It couldn't work. Outside of a very strict medical setting, there was no way for this to work. And Fauci is now getting into the individual versus the population. Smirkanish, to his credit, comes back with data. 
I'm going to refer to one of them. You've heard about it before. I heard about it from a number of radio callers. Uh, Brett Stevens in The Times talked about Cochrane. Put that on the screen. The most rigorous and comprehensive analysis of scientific studies conducted on the efficacy of masks for reducing the spread of respiratory illness, including COVID-19, was published last month. Its conclusions, said Tom Jefferson, the Oxford epidemiologist who is the lead author, were unambiguous. There is just no evidence that they, masks, make any difference, he told the journalist Mayan Damasi, full stop. But wait, hold on. What about the N95 masks as opposed to the lower quality surgical or cloth masks? Makes no difference. None of it, he said. Well, what about the studies that initially persuaded policymakers to impose mask mandates? They were convinced by non-randomized studies, flawed observational studies. This is the study being referred to by Dr. Marty McCary, Marty McCary, uh, that I that I started with. The masks don't work that the studies are flawed. They're flawed observational studies. Masks don't stop COVID. That's the ball game. Michael Smirkanish on CNN, here. Here's the data. Here's the epidemiologist. Here's the respected journal. Here's their findings. And asks the question, how do we get beyond that finding of that particular review? Yeah, but there are other studies, Michael, that... Stop. Yeah, but there are other studies. I'm Dr. Anthony Fauci, and since that study doesn't work for my narrative, I'm simply going to ignore it. Huh. Well, that's a... That's a take. But it is absolutely Anthony Fauci. Why should I, when I am the science, I speak for science, his words, not mine. Why should I have to listen to some other study when I clearly can continue talking about masks? Show at an individual level for individual, when you're talking about the effect on the epidemic or the pandemic as a whole, the data are less strong. But when you talk about as an individual basis of someone protecting themselves or protecting themselves from spreading it to others, there's no doubt that there are many studies that show that there is an advantage. When you-, you put people in masks who were totally healthy. You put people in masks against their will. You put people in masks who were two-year-olds. You put people in masks even if they had breathing problems. And none of it changed the course of COVID. That's the story. And when presented with the data and presented with just the the very acceptable, very well stated, very controlled, yet very direct question, Fauci does what Fauci does. And people were discussing this story like, oh, my gosh, listen to Fauci. No, no, this is exactly what you would expect from the weasel. Oh, please don't tell me it's name calling. You don't get to be that disgusting in American history and just come out unscathed. A disgusting, despicable, anti-science lowlife. Who, yes, Trump should have fired. But we'll go. Oh, no, 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 no. We're not getting angry at each other. Don't you dare. 
Don't you doubt? How, how dare I tell the truth, right? Oh, oh the emails. Oh, the emails are going to be so great. Fauci's despicable. Despicable. But Smirkanish deserves credit here. And CNN deserves credit because a question got asked that wasn't talking point, that wasn't narrative, that wasn't a softball. It was data and it was focus. That's the story. That's the whole story. I'd like to see more of that. I'm Tony Katz. Sixty-five thousand motorcycles being uh, recalled between 2018 and 2023. Uh, a series of, of models dealers will replace uh, the shock absorber fastener free of charge. I'm not even sure what a shock absorber fastener does, uh, mainly because I'm too afraid of motorcycles to count. I wish I wasn't. I think I could enjoy a motorcycle. But I am, so I don't. But if you have a Harley between 2018, between 2018 and 2023, you might want to check with your dealer because um, the part could cause riders to lose control and crash. Again, why I don't ride motorcycles. But I'm not telling you how to live. Go get it checked out. This is Tony Katz today.